time once again for a soundbite edition of right at the fork where uh, once a month we get to uh, check in with somebody with some sort of insight but this is a guy who's been on the show a couple of times quite a few times and arbitrarily or through no good reason he hasn't been on in a while nope. and he should have been yep brett burmeister uh writes for and uh, his site is food carts portland mm-hmm. and he is the, the go-to guy not only here in portland on food carts but internationally they invite him to conferences to speak and so he spends a lot of his time at food carts and getting to know them so uh it's summertime summertime setback need something to keep you cool Mm -hmm. um don't ever ask me to sing (laughs) please uh make a note of that right now what what better time to have brett here to talk about some of the food carts that everybody should be checking out Mm -hmm. have you been good it's a good weekend i'm glad uh the weather is cooperating with me now yeah, well, it's and, cooperating uh, with everyone. Yeah. I uh, I think this last summer was the first, I mean, this last winter was the first one that, that got to me. You know, truly, like, I woke up one day and said, okay, I'm done. I've heard that from a few people, <laughs> like longtime Oregonians yeah. that are like, eh, this is, this is just too much. Yeah, and it was like a Monday or Tuesday morning, and I just was laying there with my phone going, where can I fly to that's warm right now? You know, yeah, <laughs> and not get on uh, TSA's uh, uh, secret list of like, why is this person flying to little, Omaha? You know? A little suspect. Yeah. I tried that. I went down to Austin last month, right? And the three days I went down there were those three days we had a an Indian Spring here, or yeah. Spring. Yeah. So that didn't work out. But you know, I don't know if you remember the winter of two thousand six, because that one it rained for like literally forty five days in a row. It was. Earlier on in the season. Though. Yeah. But, no, I mean, weather talk. But I, I, I come <laughs> from the East Coast, and I, and I did get a little fed up with it this yeah. year, but nothing like I used to get fed up with it day year after year yeah. on the East Coast with, you know, plowing and snowstorms. And the worst part was the uh, school closings oh, all yeah. the time for nothing yeah. or for something big. Yeah. Either way, as a single parent, that's not a... That's not an easy thing to deal with. And for me, it was what really got to me was being able not being able to walk in my backyard, and it would ju- just it was just so saturated. Yeah, the water couldn't go anywhere, and I was like, yeah, yeah. All right, but now it's food cart weather. <laughs> it's food cart weather. Yes, yes. And you would probably say every day is food cart weather, but I have to say, I got to the point this winter where it wasn't even. It was something I just wasn't even considering. Yeah. No. I mean. Winter is different for the food carts. Um, you know, the ones in downtown always get business um, because they get the office worker, et cetera. But that extended rainy season that we had, and including those, you know, that's two weeks in January, uh, it hurt. It hurt a lot of the vendors who, you know, they look at the numbers and they, they're like, okay, January, we normally do this. We did a third of that. Right. In February, we normally do this. We did a third of that. And while... I don't know if vendors closed as a result of this wet winter. I do know that we we have closed a number of uh, ve- food carts, but we do that every year. Was this an ex- exceptional winter for them? I think it was. Uh, there were many times when I walked down there and uh, just nobody was open. And they were like, there's nobody out here, right. sadly. 
it's expensive to open it up and have no business. Yeah. And then on top of that, you had vandalism going on all winter, yeah. too. I mean, yeah. Uh, it kind of comes in waves, it seems. Um, you know, four or five years ago, it was cord cutting. Everybody, Somebody was just going around to all the food cart lots on the east coast. I mean, on the east side, um, cutting all their power cords, etc. Like in the middle of the night? In the middle of the night. So, yeah, yeah so it shuts so off nice. the fridge. And, Very nice. Yeah, yeah. And, mm. and then that stopped. We don't necessarily know if the person was caught or not or if they was if it was just stupid vandalism or not and then the, yeah this year it was break-ins it was vandalism it was you know uh, graffiti etc it's i don't know we're not just seeing it at the food carts though we're seeing it at restaurant yeah. level we're seeing it at small small restaurants in alberta the other night yeah. four in one yeah. w- one shot and but they... it's been happening down in on hawthorne uh you know it happened to uh, uh, nick's restaurant out on division there's something else that's shifting in this city that I don't know what it is, and I hope it gets fixed. <laughs> well, I was thinking today as I was walking up here, and it, it's the first time I've had short sleeves on, yeah. and, and it's sunny and actually a little bit on the warm side, and we're at 10 o'clock in the morning here, and um, and I was thinking, it's so pleasant right now, but this whole year has been contentious. There have been cops yeah. and, uh, you know, Bulletproof vest not right by the park. You know, I park right by the police station, there, yeah. so I see it. But yeah, it's just it just feels more. And you know, another just something about this spring and summer is everything's under construction. Mm. Um, you come into downtown and there are five giant projects. Piner Cross Square, you know, our our living room is closed for six months, and you know. And then you drive down another block, and there's a giant. It's not just building; Everywhere. It's, everything's under construction. And I, I understand that it was because we put off stuff for so many years during the economic collapse. But geez, it's, there's just dust in the air. It seems mm-hmm. that kind of. Uh, and and talking with a lot of friends and people who live on the east side or even live on the west side, they don't want to come into downtown sometimes because and it's not the parking issue. It's because they can't get around because right. the sidewalks are closed and stuff. Uh, All right. But well, I dig- now they I have digress. the parking kitty, which I'm really happy about. I yeah, think, I think it's great. I haven't played with it yet. I got nailed yesterday, though, because I went with my son for Father's Day to Vitaly's, the, the crown. The yes, new the place. new one, yeah. Parked, pulled out the parking kitty. I'm bragging about it. Watch how easy this is. Yeah. And I forget we're in his car, so I plug in my license plate, uh, which is the default on uh, my app. And so we got a $65 ticket. But last night I composed a really nice letter to the county. And we'll see what happens there. That's beside the point. Let's talk to food carts. <laughs> but let me segue. I just want to talk to food carts. Yeah. If you want to stay out of Portland, you know you know what I've done. I've gone out to the coast, and I just have two out there that, have, that I want to give shout-outs because I like them. And, uh, and we need some food carts out there. It's the perfect place for it. You want to be outside at the coast. Yeah. So uh, two of them, they're both fish and chip chart, fish and chip carts. Say that. Three times fast. Fish, fish, chip, fish, chip, fish. Okay. And um, one is in Garibaldi, Sea Baron. Really nice. nice guy there in that lot where they're always selling cherries um, on the, uh, I guess the east or the west side of the street on 101. Um, and his fish and chips are really good, and he cares. It's coleslaw. He puts a lot of thought into it. Um, and then there's another really special one, and I, I don't care if people go. I hope they do patronize it. Riverside and Chips in Nehalem. It's right nice. by the river behind Buttercup, behind okay. that building. And they actually have a little fish in the, in the walkway through to the back. 
but you're sitting by the river on picnic tables and they serve great fish and chips, I think, and grilled cheeses. Yeah. So the deal is you go there and I've told them this is what you ought to put together as a little package. Go there with two people, one order uh, four piece fish and chips or three, however hungry you are, and a grilled cheese. Get get all of them and share them. Really, yeah, it's a and, nice afternoon on the on the river. And the Halem's kind of like a hidden gem, uh, right there. It's just kind of, if you blink, you'll miss it um, on on one one. But uh, it's quiet, and the river's there. And then, you, if you need to, you can go down and get, grab some uh, some crab from uh, Jetty, which is what we always do. Yeah, so you're on your way. And every- so you didn't m- mention the, the the most famous one that's up in Astoria. You know. <laughs> You do, uh, yeah, we have something in this podcast where if it's not, I like it. I just, I've been there a couple of times this winter. I actually got yeah. lucky and there, were no, there was no line. Yeah. My thing is I'm, I'm not really crazy at, about the tuna as fish and chips. Uh, yeah. We're talking about bow picker, the famous yeah, yeah. boat I that is a food isn't truck. Isn't it called bow picker? Or bow picker, yeah. I, just, I, I do the same thing today. You corrected me. Yeah. And I, you're, you're, I'm you the one correct. who needs to be corrected, no, so no. I'm just uh, yeah. all the time. No, I, so I, I, I think we forget that they're on a boat. Right. The boat has the bow, and yeah, English even, is it, the stupid language where you can say the, have the word spelled same way and mean different things. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, like, they, they get lots things. of accolades. Yeah, they, and it's not really a food truck or no. a food cart. See, my, no, it's, it's a food giant boat. boat. <laughs> yeah, my my problem is it is a I, every time I go there, there's a line, yeah. and I just I can't do lines and i'm not a big tuna fan and so right. knowing that i'm just like oh, yeah. i'm out you know, for two he, reasons here's the thing for me it's worth it if i drive by there and i and there's no line yeah or or it's like five long then i'm okay with it but i'm not gonna sit there and wait because you can go to blue scorcher and for george and have a great meal and not sit outside waiting in line for a long time but i it's okay but it's not it's not my favorite thing as a matter of fact you know, I have when I'm having my fish and chip Jones. Aside from these two carts, I go north to South Bend to Linda's, which oh, yeah. is a beautiful drive through Willapa Bay, or I go south to South Beach, which people have heard me say millions of times here on this podcast, to South Beach Fish Market in uh, Newport or south of Newport. What about fish and chips here in town? Have, uh, you, have you found any that you? Prefer? I haven't found any that I'm. Uh, I you know you go ahead and talk about some food carts. And one will come to mind, I'm sure. Fish yeah. and chips here for Cause, me. Because here in Portland. Oh, I know. Yes. Uh, the three the rookery. That I, the rookery has great fish and chips. Right. I was meaning food carts, but yes, yeah. rookery has great fish and chips. Um, well, Year of the Fish has been around for many years out on Foster. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we just brought him to uh, the Philippines, to Manila, okay. to serve his fish and chips, cod fish and chips, to, you know, 25,000, 30,000. Uh, uh, 25,000 people? Yeah, Manilaans. Uh, he was part of 30 different vendors at the World Street Food Congress. How was the cod uh, there? Isn't the cod a little different there it than was, it would be here? It, no, it was it was very similar. Same flakiness, etc. Um, he he worked with the with the organizers to make sure he got the right fish for himself. For um, 25,000 people? And what was great about it <laughs> is on the second night of the event, Anthony Bourdain arrived to do his shtick, stopped at the... Fish and chips cart and ate fish and chips. Nice. So uh, a wonderful event for Ed and his his daughter of Year of the Fish. Then the other two that I that I like Arlo's, which is in North Portland, and then Halibut's, which is in Northeast Portland off Killingsworth. Those are the two that get a lot of um, a lot of praise uh, for food cart uh, fish and chips. And then the most famous one, which is here in downtown, the Frying Scotsman. Mm-hmm. And if you really want traditional Scottish fish and chips, 
uh, that's the place to go because he uses haddock, which is a Atlantic right. fish. So. Yeah, that's yeah. what we get on the East Coast. Yeah. Uh, thanks. That's great. I got it. Well, you, it <laughs> reminds me chips. because I'm usually not on a fish and chips quest no, here. No. And I, I sometimes find fish and chips to be a little overwhelming. There, there's usually too much, or it's not enough, and it's expensive. So it's, yeah. And for me, if the breading gets if if it's too thick, yeah, I'm not enjoying yeah. it that much. But I want more fish. I'm you know. I'm a huge fan of tartar sauce, so I'll usually eat more tartar sauce than fish and chips. Yeah, give me give me I'm the weird. cocktail. You like sauce. the cocktail sauce yeah. on your yeah. on yeah. your fish and chips. Yeah. yeah, I prefer that. Shaking my head. All right, so something other than fish. Something other than fish. Go. Well, you know, we have a few. We have plenty. And of by the way, thank you. We haven't had you here for a while. Uh, it's summertime, and we thought it would be a great be idea for you to update our food carts. And we'll talk a little bit about home. Too. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, every year, you know, we, we add about 100 new vendors throughout the city. And, and how many leave? Does, do 100 uh, we, have to leave uh, to we, add 100? Not necessarily. We don't have rules like that. Um, it's more, we do see about 100 close I mean. uh, over the course of, of a year. Uh, so it's a lot of ownership change, and but there's net new, meaning people are buying new food carts and, and making a run at it. Uh, you know, North Portland up in St. John's has added a number of vendors up on Lombard and even into into downtown St. John's. We're we're moving east a lot more. Um, I think the land here and clo- close and east side is just getting too expensive and being developed. So people are moving into uh, you know, 82nd. Uh, there there are some new pods going on on Northeast Gleason. Uh, Level Brewing is opening up out in out in Park Rose, and they're going to b- bring in food trucks as far as, as part of their their um, their offerings, etc. But uh, you know, as far as some some new things that have occurred in the past year, the uh, sushi rito uh, <laughs> uh, wasabi PDX has introduced us to taking uh, essentially a sushi roll, like maybe a California roll, if you can picture that, it fits. That's about an inch along, and turning it into a burrito. Um, so it's giant and it's unique. Uh, do I? Do I crave it? Not necessarily. It's it's a giant wrapper of, uh, of of seaweed, but it's something new. And they've been successful enough to uh, open up a brick and mortar down in uh, Southeast Portland. Um, one other thing that I think is really great for Portland is we've brought back West African cuisine. There's a new vendor down on Fourth Avenue in the gas station off of uh, College Street called Black Star, and. A few years ago, maybe four or five years ago, we had West African and we had South African up in North Portland, and those vendors moved on. But now we have West African back, and it's 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 to die for. It's some of the best food I've ever had. Um, I'm going to make note of that. That sounds yes. good. Uh, also, if, if we talk about kind of fusiony things, uh, it, it, it's a trend that we're seeing, trying to take something that is traditional that we all know about and adjusting it so there's a new cart in downtown called condense on fifth avenue and they're doing pho banh mi sandwiches so think about a banh mi sandwich but then use all the ingredients you'd have in a pho soup and that's how they're doing it and then also pigeonhole launched it's a food truck that's moving around and the uh, owner worked for pdx sliders which is one of portland's favorite uh, slider trucks and uh, they're doing Asian fusion, um, a little bit of Hawaiian, a little bit of Southeast Asia, et cetera, in order to, you know, it's one of these things we're seeing more of. You know, if you think about where did we all start? I mean, Portland's been doing this for 30, 40 years, but really the the, the sea change occurred in 2009 with Asian fusion, taking Korean barbecue and throwing it in a taco. Uh, Koi Fusion did it here Koi in fusion. Portland. Um, the Koji truck did it in L.A. and 
made it a, a national phenomenon. So why not continue those down those down those paths? So. Well, I think it's also an offshoot of everyone. There's everything's been not everything's been done. I want to ask you that in a minute, but a lot's been done. Yeah. So th- it's just uh, creative energy going, being manifested in yeah. new, yeah. new and, combinations. And fusion doesn't necessarily mean you're taking advantage of of a trend or whatever. It could also be that your mother was Mexican and your father was Korean and, mm-hmm. and, and, and something like that. And that, that's the world you grew up in. Um, or you find a best friend who's a cook or, too. Who's yeah. like, Hey, I do this really well. Yeah. I do this. So. Um, you know, we've, I think we're still in the, uh, fried chicken sandwich, uh, kick. Uh, I know you've commented about that or, and a few others have commented that, that everybody has a fried chicken sandwich. Um, and there are a few food carts that are, that are doing that. Uh, the other thing that I'm noticing in the last year in the last actually six months is, I, I don't know. I want to call it a re-ownership of authenticity. Uh, I, I hate the word authenticity, but, or authentic, uh, because the foodies and the Yelpers and everything, you know, beat you up. But when you more and more, when I'm going to, and I'll use Mexican cuisine as an example, or even the, the, the regional fair of Mexican cuisines, um, Oaxaca and Michoacan, et cetera, that we have here in Portland, instead of saying pork and chicken and steak, they're saying pollo, they're saying carne asada, they're saying uh, cabeza. Uh, and they're using the, they're not calling it a Mexican-style tortilla pizza, they're calling it tlayuda. And you have to kind of go and ask them, what is that? And it's because I believe, A, a lot of these vendors are, are, are feeding their community, but also they're realizing that the foodies, us, we're a little bit smarter than we were 10 years ago. And we know what cabeza is. We know what these things are. But it also, this is something I talked to my vendors about, it engages. It allows someone to then engage with, you know, uh, the, the, the owner and ask and learn. And I, I, I love that now. Which, I mean, is, one of the, which that. is one of the real positive aspects yeah. of our food cart culture and our chef culture here. You can, you can talk to them. Everybody's yeah. approachable, especially yeah. in food carts. And very collaborative. Too. Everybody helps each other out. Mm-hmm. That's other. That's the other cool thing. Especially, so. yeah. When when problems are happening, there's someone there to pick up the slack. Exactly. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. I'm, I know you have a couple of others. Is there anything? Here's an opportunity for you to say this to a few people who might be listening. Is there anything that you feel there is there an opportunity out there with some kind of cuisine that's not being taken advantage of, or uh, that you'd like to see? Well, I'd love to see European food. You know, we don't really, other than German sausages, we don't see German food or Swedish food. Um, we have we have a couple things out there. French, we had a wonderful French v- uh, vendor a long time ago. Um, I'd love to see more African. Uh, I, I think African cuisine is so under underrepresented. Um, and uh, there's brilliant, brilliant cuisines out of North Africa, Central Africa, South Africa, et cetera. Um, Filipino food. We don't have Filipino food other than adobo. Um which is great, and yet having just been to the Philippines and seen the breadth of what they have to offer, it's kind of like the idea of let's have a Mexican vendor just doing a taco. Uh, spread the wings, have a few more options. Now, granted, I you know while Filipino food uh, is going to be the next big thing, according to many, um, it needs to be presented appropriately because there's a lot of uh, food in the Filipino uh, um their, their, their breadth of things that Americans would just look at and go, nope, I won't eat that. Um, and so it'll need to start again from the foodies, from the, from the groundswell and then move up. Um, 
Korean, I think we ha- are, are, are learning more about Korean food and we're being, uh, our eyes are opening to a lot of brilliant um, dishes from mostly Korean restaurants. Um, but that's another one where I've, I've, I've been able to enjoy some great Korean street food and I want to see it a little bit more. Uh, and then again, I, I like the idea of, of taking some iconic dishes from around the world and then <laughs> Americanizing them or fusioning them. Uh, is that a word? I'm not sure, but, uh, I'll allow it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and, and so while I don't know what that is, because if I did, then I'd, I'd be making it, but, um, just that idea of being surprised by something new. Right. Well, that would be, um, so you can't necessarily make it. You're pretty busy. Yeah. How, do you, how do you stay involved with Food Carts Portland and have your, you have your bar yeah. home, a bar? I have a wonderful business partner at the bar at home, uh, Scott. And so we, our, our partnership is, is just perfect. Being able to balance everything and, and roles and responsibilities. We have an amazing staff at the bar. Um, so uh, it allows me to carve out that time during the, during the daytime uh, to um, work on food carts, Portland, et cetera. I still do my food cart tours in downtown Portland. So that allows me to take some time and go visit new vendors and, and, and check things out. Uh, it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard. And with the ever evolving stat state of street food here in Portland, Sadly, sometimes you go visit a cart and it's closed too much later. Uh, other times you don't go visit a cart and it's been open for you know two years. Um, and then with the breadth of food carts expanding beyond this 50-block radius of downtown Portland out to 50th, you know, it takes time to drive to Sunnyside or to drive to Beaverton. And that, that's challenging. But I, I do my best. And uh, uh, when I can, I'll... I'll, I'll I'll make an adventure out of it. How many food carts do you think you hit in a year? Different ones. Uh, 100, 150. So you, you can only cover yeah. less than a quarter of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there are a thousand licenses out there, maybe right. 1,200 uh, the last I can. Wow. Because when you first so, came on, I think there were 700. Yeah. Yeah. When I first, when we first started doing this in 2007, there were 200. Um, it's, it's a thing. It's, it's got a life of its own. Um, Multnomah County has actually ended up hiring staff over the years in order to manage street food, wow. food vendors. So. Interesting. Yeah. So are there any others that people that you would suggest people have to visit? Um, I, I, there are three that, uh, else that are on my list. They're not necessarily brand new, but I think they're doing great stuff. Kim John Grillin just keeps crushing it, just mm-hmm. knocking out of the park. And he opened it, just opened a third spot at Cartopia, which is, again, one of my favorite lots that, right there at 12th and Hawthorne. Uh, Kingsland Kitchen doing British expat food. Um, and if you think about London and how diverse London is as far as its cuisines, that's what they're doing. So they're not just doing British cuisine that has Indian uh, and Pakistani and and other types of uh, influences into their food. And they just announced that they're opening a restaurant here in downtown Portland. And then DC Vegetarian. If you're, if you're a vegetarian fan and you want some of the best seitan uh, in, in the city, in my opinion, Check out DC Vegetarian on Third Avenue. Well, pardon my ignorance. What is seitan? Seitan is uh, it's a uh, smoked. Um, it's a not smoked. It's um, <laughs> it's wheat gluten based uh, veggie meat. <laughs> hmm. That's the best way to do it. Yeah, and they do soy curls and they do all kinds of stuff. So I'm gonna as long as you're mentioning that, I'm just gonna we're doing food carts. My good buddy uh, Jeff Reidebach. 
who has homegrown smoker. Yes. Which is growing beyond food carts yep. to, I think he just got his restaurant. He had a deli for a while. Yeah, he had a place over here in Southwest Portland um, that was next to the vegan cheese store um, right. right over here off Jackson. But he's opening up in St. John's where Proper Eats used to be right across from the St. John's Cinema. Right. So, And he still has his food cart. I believe that's out. Uh, that's in on Mississippi. Yep, Mississippi Marketplace. Anything new there in um, Mississippi? There is, well, sushi. Um, there, there's a New Mexican place there, and a pho. No, no, um, ramen place. Okay. Uh, but well, there's most a of few the stuff, of those. There are a few ramen places, yeah. <laughs> so are there any new pods that people should be aware of that you haven't um, mentioned? You know, nothing that really um, has knocked it out of the park. Like, you know, like a year ago was Tidbit that right. was brilliant, and then Rose City. There are some new spaces, that, like I said, out on 82nd. Uh, Etc. But they need to get their legs. They need to have consistent food carts. Um, not th- there's just a, too much turnover. And and while they're they're great for in and out, they're not destination spots like we've been able to build here in uh, the close in east side with you know nice seating and, and a place where you can take the kids. Eighty second just isn't that street yet. Um, and uh, but you know way out there in Happy Valley, um, the Happy Valley food cart. Uh, happy hearing Valley more and more about that lately. Yeah, because they keep uh, they they seem to have some controversy around um, stuff, and uh, so that's why we keep hearing about it. I mean, the news that I see isn't always necessarily the positive news. Uh, it's it's because of lawsuits, etc. So, um, but Happy Valley Station is really a brilliantly built place with this uh, the food carts surrounding a, a giant A-frame building that has a bar inside, and and you get out of the weather, and it it truly is iconic as far as like somebody said i'm gonna build this and they did and they they built the most beautiful thing it's just it's way out there (laughs) yeah well some people are out there missy (laughs) maki goes to visit that i see her so um do you think pine street market has affected some of the food cart business i mean it's a similar experience of walking in and saying "Ah, i think i'll go there yeah and it's inside in the it, winter. It is, but and we also have the uh, Portland Food Hall, which is down on just down the street from I here. I just passed that. The and other day. Um, it, uh, no, um, what's going to affect street food in downtown Portland is development. Um, it, just adding more restaurants inside, I don't think is pulling away from the the ten to fifteen thousand people that still go to the food carts uh, on Fifth and Third, and you know, um, really, again, what what's changing is. You know, downtown Portland is changing. The development that's going to occur in the next five to ten years is going to really shift how street food works in downtown Portland. Um, and then, you know, we have some iconic vendors who are closing up shop and moving on. People that have been there the entire time I've been writing about street food for ten years, and it, it's it, it's kind of kind of sad to see your favorite, even though it's not a vendor you see you eat at all the time. It's somebody you see every day and you become friends with, and they're like, "Well, good luck," but that's sad because now I can't talk about right. Czech san- schnitzel sandwiches anymore. Yeah, I was like going to ask you about Schnitzelwitz. Yeah, Schnitzelwitz. Yeah. yeah, the carts. Uh, well, last I heard, the cart was for sale. They really wanted someone to take on, continue to take on the Schnitzelwitz. Um, whether that's occurring, I I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, been there for a decade, if not longer, and you know. So do you you think with the population increase here, business will increase commensurately for food carts or how's that going to work? Yes, uh, it will if the food carts stick around. 
You know, if you think about where the food cart lots are in downtown Portland, if those all become towers, a new generation of eater is not going to be eating at the food carts. They're going to be eating. Spending more money. They're going to be spending more money, and they're going to be eating at the restaurants. And we'll go back to a time. Like if you walk around in downtown Portland right now, there's no McDonald's in downtown Portland. Right. Um, but will those come back um, when, again, a new generation of people are eating and living in downtown Portland and the street food vendors don't have a place to park? Um, will we then shift more to food trucks? Will that be allowed? It's not allowed now. Um, when we go over to the east side to these iconic um, walking streets and boutique streets, where you have Mississippi Marketplace, you have Tidbit, you have, will those be developed? And then where will those vendors go? So that's where, like I said in the beginning, we're, we're expanding east because that's where the opportunity is. Are the people there? We don't know. We, we don't know if, if northeast, you know, Glendevere and, and are those people walking out outside of their homes or are they driving outside of their homes? Have, are you building community there that then people are walking to the food carts? Because if all you're doing is driving to food carts, people will just drive to Plus, it's tough to park now too. Yes. If it's yeah. tough to park, you may yeah. as well. So that's why that. the street foods, have, street food vendors, have always worked in areas that are walking and are bicycling, etc. All right, real quickly, because yeah. I want to, and you want to, give us, give everybody a reason to come in and join you at home. Oh, um, we have one of the best burgers in town. Uh, burger Week's coming up in August, and uh, we will have a five dollar burger that'll just knock your socks off. Perfect for summer. I can't reveal it yet because well, the mercury won't allow me. And we have a great tap list. So come on home and enjoy beer. I brew, love the name. It's a great name. And uh, burgers. Well, thanks for coming in. Thanks. And now you can go home. Thank you, Chris. And Court. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Standard TV and Appliance. Standard TV and Appliance offers the largest selection, fast delivery, professional installation, and live kitchens where you can try before you buy. Oregon-based and family-owned, setting the standard since 1947. Standard TV and Appliance is your place for quality Gen Air appliances and more. Leanne Bach of Living Room Realty. Leanne Bach's years of experience can help you buy or sell in any cycle, including Portland's hot market right now. Work with someone who's in step with the Portland food world, just as you are, and gives back to her community. Just head to leannebach.com. That's L-E-A-N-N-E-B-A-C-H.com. Zupans, unsurpassed quality. From the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland. West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years, Zupan's Markets. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at foodpodcastpdx or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Oh,